Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, hey, Michigan Maniacs. This is the Michigan Maniac Podcast, and I am your host, Adam Brewer. Before we get into this week's episode, which is going to be a doozy, um, let's do the housekeeping, of course. And this time, I'd like to announce that I actually have some real shit going on, right? I <laughs> I have been trying to figure out what I just, I guess I've been needing some motivation. You know, 2020 has been a bitch for all of us, but this one's really kind of hit me hard in a lot of different areas with work and in the podcast and all this. But I've got some news, right? Okay, here we go. So, we got a my YouTube channel, which, <laughs> I'll be honest, very sparse with some of the uh, content. But from here on out, I am going to be putting all my hot takes on YouTube and Twitter. I want to start building those two, uh, the, the vi- like being visual. I want my audience to get bigger on both of those. So, therefore, I'm going to start putting my hot takes on only... Uh, like I said, Twitter and YouTube. Also, we will have a live stream of me watching the game, and then you guys can kind of log in and watch it with me. We can respond with one another on YouTube live stream. That's going to come up. I'll give you the time when they actually announce a time for the Michigan-Minnesota game. That's going to be exciting. I've never done that before. So expect whatever. I don't even know what to expect. Uh, two, there's going to be new stickers coming out. You've seen the rough draft of the silent majority. That's what you guys are. That's the fan base, the silent majority. You guys have been fantastic. Um, I have a goal, to be quite honest with you. My goal is to recapture all the business that I was doing post-COVID, right? Um so there's a number I want to reach. And when we reach that number, that number is five. Well, okay. I was getting around 400 to 450, depending on the episode, uh, downloads per episode. That's what I would love to get back to that, but I want to go above that. I want to hit 500. I want to hit the 500 mark uh, downloads per episode. You guys have been phenomenal to me. You guys, I can't thank you enough for all the support you have given me. Even during the time when there is nothing going on, you guys still follow me. You guys still listen, and I love it. But I want to recapture the the others that have gone away, and I want to get more. And I, uh, I have seen most of you guys come back to the Michigan Maniac podcast uh, fan page and have been liking some of the new photos I've been putting out. I've been putting out a lot lately. Uh, the memes, not photos, but memes. Uh, guys, it's been great to see you. It, it, it has been great to see some of the old names that I've been seeing. I'm super, super excited that you guys are coming back. And you know who you are. I cannot wait. 
Okay, guys. Uh, so, like I said, always. Oh, my stupid phone is. I got Bigsby. Anyways, I don't know if any of you know who that is, but he's an annoying. Uh, he's a more annoying Siri, <laughs> if that could be possible. Um, so, guys, okay, go to the Michigan Maniac fan page. Leave a review, right? You can't really rate it there. If you want to, I think you can. I'm not sure, but leave a review there. Um, or go to Apple Podcasts. Now that it's separated from iTunes, go to Apple Podcasts, rate or review. Um, get some of your friends to do it. I'm telling you, silent majority. You know you have friends who are Michigan fans. Bring them to me. I know I may curse too much. I know I may not be the older, uh, the older crowd's cup of tea. But we all love Michigan. And that's the one thing you can hear when I do this podcast is I love our boys, right? I love our team. They'll get behind it. Send as many people as you know to this podcast, all right? Apple Apple Podcasts, rate and review. That'll help with the, uh, you know, with the, I don't know, the, I can't even think of it right now, whatever. It'll just help get me viewed right? It'll help this podcast grow. That's that's what I want for us. That's what I want for me. That's what I want for everything. Just let's do this, guys. Let's get back on top. Let's make the Michigan Maniac Podcast the most impressive independent podcast there is out there. And there are some great independent podcasts. I'm not trying to shit on any of my fellow, fellow podcasters because we're all feeling the crunch right now. But I got to look out for me. So God bless all the independents, all the others. Hey, listen, you've been given a foot up because you work for, uh, you know, uh, Sports Illustrated, 24-7, Locked On. I mean, whatever. Whatever else you want to go with, that's who they have. So God bless them. Go with God with that. Anyways, now let's get into this episode, right? Um... All right, so a lot of things I've been listening to lately, right, and this is the first subject I want to kind of approach, is the why does Michigan have guys who will opt out and not come back, but Ohio State has two first-round draft picks who are coming back just to get things done this season, right? Why is that? Why, why is, it, is it because we only uh, recruit me first type of guys, what is it? Well, it's easy. There's two things that really, really kind of um, define this or give you an idea what's behind it. One, it's leadership, right? Leadership, we have not, in my opinion, this is only my opinion, the quarterback position is... The heartbeat, like it's the leadership positions wise, it's every, it's the brain of the team, right? Like you need a leader at the quarterback position to keep everyone focused, to everyone fights behind him. He's like the king of the team, right? He really is the king of the team, the quarterback. And if you don't have a quarterback who is a leader, He could be a pure athlete. 
He can be whatever. But if he's not a leader, your team does not give a shit and will not fight for him. And therefore, you're going to have a lot of kids that are going to get frustrated and become me first type of guys. Because, and God bless them, if they want to go to the NFL, God bless them. They should do it. Absolutely do it because as COVID has proven, you don't know what's next in this life. So I have no problem with any of them leaving. But that's the thing, right? Also, leadership and Ohio State has been to the playoff numerous times, has competed for a national title numerous times, has won a national title numerous times. What have we done? We have never seen a Big Ten title game. We have never seen the playoff. And we've never seen a national title game in the last X amount of years, right? And it's been over a decade. Maybe even two decades. Close. It's over two decades at this point, I think. Um, That's the difference. When you have a leader like Justin Fields and you have a team which the Big Ten obviously loves when you look at their schedule. And we're not going to go into the schedule this week. I'm going to take one team out just to shit on this week. But overall, we will get into the schedule, trust me. Um, but I think there's more, there's bigger fish to fry in this episode. But, so you have a chance to win a national title. You have a good leader in Justin Fields. Why wouldn't you come back? You know what I mean? And just so there's like proof, and I'll give you our side of it, right? So we just found out Amory Thomas and Nico Collins are more than likely not coming back. Which sucks. Absolutely fucking sucks because those were bookends on my favorite Michigan, current favorite Michigan players. I mean, I loved both of them. And it's not a coincidence that both of them wore, or, well, Nico would have worn the number one this season. And Ambry is number one. Um, I love them. and But I don't blame them for opting out and staying opted out. Because uh, when you're an offensive player like Nico Collins, it's got to be frustrating when you waste what more than likely is a wasted, in his eyes, two years at the University of Michigan because the dead horse that I love to just beat to death, Shea Patterson could not throw a pass to save his life in 2019. Couldn't see the Couldn't see the big play. Even if he had binoculars, even if Shea Patter was seven feet tall, he would have never seen the fucking great plays that Nico Collins was breaking open and was wide open for that he just fucking missed. And that creates frustration. And when you see a coaching staff, and granted, I am a, I am a huge Harbaugh fan, but how he handled Shea Patterson was wrong. And it was dumb, it was foolish, and maybe he had no other choice. But I would much rather had an inexperienced Joe Milton sink the ship than watch just a nonchalant a-hole like Shea Patterson do barely better. Anyways, so I see how it can be frustrating. I absolutely see how it can be frustrating. 
And maybe Nico doesn't have faith in the coaching staff that things are going to change in this next season. Maybe he doesn't think that the season's going to go off because the Big Ten obviously did not handle it very well. Plus, he's the best wide receiver we've had in decades. He's more than likely a first-round draft pick. So, yeah, I guess if your first-round 20th pick right now and you could have come back for your for this season and been first round 10th pick that's a lot of different money but maybe to him it isn't maybe his family dynamics different who knows but god bless him i'm going to miss them but here's the other little bit of proof that shows that when you have a good leader or when you have a team that believes in a quarterback that they're willing to do things like that look at Jalen mayfield Jalen mayfield loves football obviously he wants to come back to improve his draft stock, more than likely. But he's also been on record saying that the one of the main reasons why he's coming back is because he wants to block for Joe Milton. <laughs> what? That's all you've got to hear to know that this is the guy. Right? Now, if that's... Plus, I wish I would have wrote down the tweet. But even Giles Jackson, the greatest Michigan... Uh, Michigan recruiter outside of the coaching staff has said that, I mean, I'm paraphrasing at this point, but it's like, we believe in him. I'll, I'll fight for him. He's our guy. And that's, I mean, obviously paraphrasing, but when you look up the tweet, you'll see that it's, it's, it's similar. I didn't see anybody ever saying that about Shea Patterson. I just didn't. I never saw that. Now here, here's some comparisons, right? So we're going to roll right into the uh, why why do I believe Joe Milton is the deal and how our offense, I really do believe, our offense is going to hit the ground running. It's going to be, uh, I mean, it's like the road runner getting moving and hitting that road running right past the Coyote, right? And the one team I'm going to shit on before I get into Joe Milton, well, I was going to announce the team I'm going to shit on, then I'll get to Joe Milton, and then I'll shit on the team. Uh, Minnesota Golden Gophers, the uh, the one cult that takes shape of a Big Ten college football team with its cult leader, the detached penis of Tony Robbins, P.J. Fleck. Everybody row the boat or I'll kick your grandmother in the teeth, P.J. Fleck. Uh, row the boat or I'll kick your dog, P.J. Fleck. That guy, right? Um, the He is the Don Johnson uh, character in Tin Cup, right? When the, the cameras are on, he's very rah-rah, shishkumba, but when he's behind closed doors, he's a complete and utter douche. That's what I believe P.J. Fleck is. I can't prove it. This is my own opinion, and I can have my own opinion. He is a complete and utter a-hole. You can see it in his eyes. Look at him. You can see it in his eyes. He's not a good person. I would be shocked if he really is a good person. No one says row your boat that many times and can be a good person if he's not slipping people some type of drug in a Kool-Aid type format that gets them to believe in his horseshit. Anyways, let's get back to Joe Milton. Now I can't even remember. Oh! Being a leader, right? Because I'm really a big fan of this kid. Now, you can look at... Uh, 
You can look at the, the, the difference between, and I'll throw both of them in there, Shea Patterson and Dylan McCaffrey, right? And then Joe Milton. What did those two, Shea and Dylan, do on their offseason other than football stuff? And what did Joe Milton do? Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, granted, I can only go off of interviews and Instagram posts, right? So I could be wrong. I could not understand the situation. But what I saw from Shea Patterson kind of proved correct. Shea Patterson played nothing but golf. Was trying to improve his short game. That's right, this short game. Instead of trying to improve the long ball, or at least finding the open mother-effing receiver, this guy was trying to sink a putt, right? And drinking Arnold Palmer's instead of throwing the football. Um, Dylan McCaffrey. Great kid, love. Let me first of all say this: when I say this about Dylan McCaffrey, Dylan McCaffrey, I'm not shitting on him. I love his family. Ed McCaffrey was one of my favorite Denver Bronco wide receivers. I grew up in Denver. I watched Ed McCaffrey do amazing things. I love the family. I love what they do, and I'm super excited to see what Ed McCaffrey can do for Northern Colorado, especially when Dylan goes there. I'm calling it. I called it out December 30th, 2019. I'm calling it out again today. That's where he's going to go. I could be wrong, but fuck it. That's what I'm saying. Um, Dylan had nothing but fishing posts. Hey, you could catch quite a bit of fish. Are you throwing the ball? Are you working with NFL-type talent that your father probably has at the ready at his cell phone? Are you doing that? No, he's not. He's probably working pretty hard, but he's taking time out to fish. Dylan McCaffrey is a kid who plays quarterback. Joe Milton is a leader who wants to be a better quarterback. And he proved it, right? Being a leader, be, being a leader isn't easy. It's not something that you just occasionally do. That's just not something that is a part-time thing. Being a leader, being a true leader of a team of men takes uh, dedication, it takes focus, it takes more of you, to of your sacrificing to be better as a person, to be well-rounded as a person, to be a leader. And what does Joe Milton do? He takes leadership classes. Leadership classes. This boy if, if you could wear cleats every day to make him be remindful of who and what he's trying to be, he would do it. He worked out with Devin Gardner. He worked with the kids who stayed in Ann Arbor. He went home when he had to because they kicked everybody out or whatever because of COVID. And he worked with his high school football coach. He worked constantly. He didn't play basketball. He didn't go fishing. He didn't golf. He didn't work on his short game. He didn't drink Arnold Palmer's. He was too busy trying to be the leader of the Michigan football team before he even had the job. That in itself is amazing. That in itself shows you everything you need to know about Joe Milton. The one knock that everybody's ever said about Joe Milton, and you can look at it, and it's it's a real it was a real thing, was his accuracy wasn't great coming out of high school. But you know what he did? He worked on that. 
He knew what his, his shortcomings were, and he worked on it. And he won over his wide receivers, and he got a kid who opted to be in the NFL, to live on Easy Street, to come back for one more season, to block for him. That's a leader. That's who we're, we're talking about. This is who Joe Milton is, and I can't wait to see what this young man does. I can't wait. I'm dying to see what he can do. Because if Josh if fucking Gaddis says that he is the deal, and this kid is making wow plays, not only for college, but for the NFL, this kid's for real, okay? And I know people make the lazy comparison to say he's Cam Newton. He's not, all right? He doesn't run as much as Cam Newton. He just doesn't, okay? He's not even Culpepper. He's none of those things. You know who, the closest, the two closest, one, three closest that I could even think of, right? And I'll go three to one, who I really think he's closest to. Three, Byron Lefwich, right? Great arm, smart kid, real field general, right? Love that about Byron Lefwich, smart. Knew, I mean, knew the playbook, right? And obviously because he's now, uh, in the NFL coaching, uh, I hope soon to be a head coach because I really like him. Um, two, Ben Roethlisberger. Also another guy, big arm, didn't run all the time, but knew how to be mobile when he had to, right? But the number one person he reminds me of 100%, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck he reminds me 100% of Andrew Luck. Body style. Look at Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck is 6'4", 234, right? That's how they have him listed. Milton, 6'5", 243. Both big men who can run if they need to, athletic, also have huge cannons. And if Milton has truly improved his accuracy that Milton... That not Milton, but Gaddis says he has. He is Andrew Luck. Also, weird, he is a Harbaugh recruit, just like Luck. Harbaugh's greatest year with Stanford was with Andrew Luck. I would assume, like I've said earlier, you can go back into the podcast and listen, but I've said that Milton's going to set up J.J. McCarthy, and J.J. McCarthy is going to take us to a national title game. He really is. Now, if Milton's even better than I think he can be, we can do that this year. We can make some real effing noise with that offensive line. God bless Ed Warner, and Ed Warner I trust, no matter what goes on. You put four people into the NFL, four offensive linemen into the NFL, I believe in what you're doing. Jalen Mayfield's back. Andrew Vistardis is killing it at center. Those are two of the major, big, big positions that we need in our offensive line. Fantastic. Love it. Can't wait to see what happens. Our running back room is stacked. Our wide receivers, unproven, because Nico's not coming back, but talented as fuck, right? Talented AF, as the kids say. Um... Unbelievable. I can't wait to see what Giles Jackson does. Roman Wilson, I'm telling you, is going to be explosive. Ronnie Bell, we're finally going to see if 
he is as good as we believe he is? Or was he just that kid that got the third or fourth best uh, cornerback because everyone else is dealing with Nico, DPJ, and then uh, disillusioned uh, Tarek Black. Tariq Black. I want to say his name right. I don't want to disrespect. Um, but yeah, Milton's our guy. Milton's, I can't wait to see what Milton does. I, I am super excited about this. Now, the, so I want to get into this whole, this whole shitting on one team, right? And that's Minnesota. When, now, in my opinion, in my opinion, this Minnesota game is going to be very important as a game for Michigan. It's very important for Michigan. And it's not because I think Minnesota's uber talented. I just don't. I don't think so, and I'm going to tell you why in a second. It's because the reason why it's so important is because they're getting so overhyped, and it's an away game. And what one thing we do know about Michigan is what? They don't do well in big games away from home. They just don't. They get in their heads. They fuck things up. But there's a few things, I think, that have changed that, right? And my, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know there's a few things that I truly believe in. And one of them is leadership, right? I don't believe they had the right leadership player-wise on those fields. And then two, crowds. So leadership helps get you past the crowd noise, right? So I think Harbaugh did the right thing. I love Harbaugh. Uh, he did the right thing by hiring a Navy SEAL to work with the kids, break them up in groups, teach them leadership skills and qualities throughout tasks throughout the off season. Okay, so I think that's been taken care of. Two, since there's going to be few or no fans in some of these away games that these kids are playing, it's even. Take the crowd, take it out. Why do you think the whiteout is so important? To Penn State, right? Uh, now, all of a sudden, Minnesota's got some crazy fan base that we need to worry about. Oh, the the toilet bowl, the, the fucking horseshoe. Why do you think that's so important? Because rabid fans make people screw up. And it, if you need any proof, look at what the Denver Nuggets have done in the NBA playoffs. There's no way, in my opinion, I love the Nuggets, I grew up in Denver, but there's no way the Nuggets would have ever come back from 3-1 down to the Jazz if there were fans because they didn't have to worry about crowd noise. They didn't have to worry about that energy that is constantly hitting them when they're down by 15 or 20. Same thing in the in the Clippers game, in the Clippers series. How many times were they down by double digits and came back to win the game? wouldn't have happened if there was crowd noise, if there was crowd, the energy. That energy isn't spoken enough about, like, enough, like, it just, it's too much of a thing that people don't talk about enough, is the crowd. It's very important. So, if you're going to tell me that Michigan, you put Michigan and Minnesota together, head-to-head, without any type of noise, without any type of home field advantage, and you're going to tell me that we need to be fearful of fucking Minnesota? Why? Why do we ever need to be fucking fearful of Minnesota? 
And I'm going to tell you why we shouldn't. It's laughable. It is 100% laughable. Most people tell you Tanner Morgan and this Bateman kid, right? Okay, cool. They have two players on offense that are returning while Bateman's trying to come back. And they were good. You know what? Bateman wasn't even the best wide receiver last season. And last season was a joke. Minnesota, I mean, Minnesota hasn't played a hard team. They haven't played more than three hard teams in the last six or seven years. They just haven't, and I'll show you why. But anyways, Bateman wasn't even the best wide receiver on his team. There was a kid that was called Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson had 86 receptions for 13 Hundred yards receiving. Okay, uh, Bateman had. Let me look this up. I wrote this down on a different. Okay, he had sixty receptions for twelve hundred yards receiving. Well, to be honest, it's twelve nineteen, and then Tyler Johnson had thirteen eighteen. With Tyler Johnson with an average catch of fifteen point three, pretty impressive. And Bateman barely beat him out with twenty point three. So Bateman wasn't even the best wide receiver in his team, on his team last season. And now I'm supposed to believe that this kid and and Tanner, how can anybody believe that a how can anybody be fearful of a boy named Tanner? Tanner? Tanner. How am I supposed to build fear in my heart with a boy named Tanner? Tanner Morgan? Is his mother named Karen? Does she bitch if the if the food isn't the right temperature? Or if she sees something she doesn't believe is correct? Tanner? I'm supposed to be fearful of a name, a boy named Tanner? Get the fuck out of here. That's right, I'm going to curse. So uh come on people, let's get with it. You know, I can only, I have to curse. I, I try to do my best, but I, that's the only way I can do things. All right. So in general, now also, what am I doing here? Also, Minnesota has lost seven, seven players on the defense. Seven players on the defense. They also lost their best running back, uh, Rodney Smith, who had 228 carries for 1168 rushing. Pretty good. They had a pretty decent offense last year. Granted, they didn't play anybody all all last year except for um, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Penn State. Now they lost to Iowa and Wisconsin. They're two divisional teams, and they beat Penn State at home. Which Penn State, a lot of people, you can make the argument they still beat Penn State, so good for them. But Penn State's a much different team away than they are at home. Uh, those were the only, by the way, the only three teams that they played all season long that worth that was worth a damn. Okay? Now, I'm supposed to worry about a team that lost its best wide receiver, right? They have no tight end to speak of, so who cares about them? Uh, they lost their best running back. And you're saying, well, Adam. And then they lost seven defensive players. Which two of them were, two or three of them were, were some of the best players on the whole team. Like defensive back uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., fantastic. I think went in the early rounds of the NFL draft. Um, you got Kamal Martin, another kid who got drafted. Um, I have a few other names. Let's see if I can find them real quick so I don't 
grind this to a halt. Uh, you had Carter Coughlin and Chris Williamson. I think all of them were drafted in the NFL. Right, not CFL, NFL. XFL, no, NFL. Um, now you're saying Adam. Well, that's just the sign that, you know, great teams push out great players and they have other people to, to slot right in. Now, yes, in the case of uh, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, even Michigan, right? Even Michigan, I would go with you lose players and you have quality players coming in behind. And that's only because of recruiting class, recruiting class proof, right, in the ranking. So obviously these rankings mean something or we wouldn't do it. So let's just take a look. Since P.J. Flack took over in 2017, now you're going to see a, a progression. And i got to give it to the cult leader, right? After he's done punching your grandmother in the face when no one's looking, he could recruit like a mother effer, okay? And that's fine. And you're going to start to see a progression, but it's not one to be taken seriously yet. Okay, so 2017. Uh, Minnesota had the recruiting class ranked 57th in the nation. You know where Michigan was? Fourth. Now, this is all off arrivals. If you want to go check it out, check it out, because that's where I got this from. Um, 2018. You know where Minnesota was? 43rd. This was a down year for Michigan. We were 24th. 2019. Okay, you've noticed 57, 43, 2019, Minnesota's at 41st ranked recruiting class. Michigan, 10th. All right, 2020. I'm going to go. I'm going to go a little bit past the two, 2021. All right, 2020. Minnesota, 38th. Michigan, 11. And right now, as it stands in 2021. Minnesota is ranked 29th and Michigan is ranked 7th. So where in the fucking world does Michigan, who 1, 2, 3, 4, 4 out of the 5 years that I've just said had a top 15 ranked recruiting class, needs to worry about a team who hasn't even cracked the top 25 out of the 5 years of recruiting. Just tell me that. We, so many of us put so much credence into the how many, what, we got a four-star this and a three-star that. He can't be that great if he's a three-star and he decommitted and this blah, blah, blah. So why are we so fucking worried about Minnesota? Because if, and the, the only thing I can say is that it's the first game of the season and it's an away game. But I believe our leadership skills that we have learned from Navy SEALs this season or this offseason, plus the leadership that we're going to get from Joe Milton is going to nullify all of it. Because there's no fans to scare them, to make them question what happened in the offseason, right? There's no fans for that. So that's null and void, doesn't even need to be talked about even if there's 50 of the fattest people in fucking wisconsin or not wisconsin but minnesota they can't make enough noise to hopefully scare our boys right to make our guys tear shoes off in the middle of a game i'm talking to you aiden hutchinson and carlo kemp um and joe milton this kid 
has done nothing but improve his game. That he lives, he's obsessed with being the best quarterback he can be. And when you've got a guy that that focused on being a great quarterback, you're going to do nothing but win. Just go back and listen to any interview of old Michigan teammates about Tom Brady, and you will hear the same kind of obsession about being great. And if Tom Brady is doing it, and Joe Milton's like imitating it in his own way, we are on the right track. He's impressive. He's everything that we need. Now, granted, he could take a big shit in the bed, and he'd be the worst thing we've ever seen. I don't think so because we had Shea Patterson, so we know exactly what the worst could be. All right? We already know that. And he's not Shea Patterson. I'll give you that right now because he's not working on his short game while he's sucking down a few Arnold Palmers with the fucking golf cart girl. You know? He's actually throwing passes and trying to work on his craft like a real leader does. So, yeah. Of course, obviously, it could be a close game. But I won't be shocked if Michigan goes out there to Minnesota and hangs 50 on these fools. You lose seven players on defense? And you haven't had a top 25 recruiting class in the five years that I just... From 2017 to 2021? You don't have a top 25 recruiting class yet? And you expect me to fear these people? Please, Michigan Wolverines, if there's any player that listens to this, do not fear these fools. Do your job. Go out and smack some heads and do what you do. And if you do what you do, we will beat them by fucking three touchdowns easy. Easy. Because we have the talent. We don't have a vastly different talent level than Ohio State. We just haven't had the leadership to win the big games. We don't have the mindset to win the big games. Ohio State does. That's the difference, not talent level. So yes, if you dick around, Minnesota can beat us. But if you show up and you lead and you play to the best of your ability, we will crush these dudes. Because at the end of the day, they're a cult that has a bald-headed man who resembles the penis of one of the greatest motivational speakers in the history of the world, Tony Robbins, and that's all they are. They have never been a real threat to anything ever. They are Minnesota. The brown jug belongs to us. The matter of fact, if it wasn't for the fact that we left it behind at one of those earlier games in the history between these two teams, we wouldn't even have a real, it's considered a rivalry. But is it? When you think of rivalries, do you think Minnesota? No. They don't even crack the top three or four people we play who are rivals to us. So go in there, 
Treat them the way we need to treat them. Show them that we're Michigan fucking football. And let's move on with our life. Let's get Joe Milton, get some Heisman fucking hype, and let's move on with our life. I am sick and tired of listening about how P.J. Fleck and, oh, Minnesota, they went 11-2. and two. They didn't play anybody. And when they played somebody, they lost two out of three. They lost two out of three, and the one win was at home, and they barely won 31-26 to fucking Penn State. They're not world beaters, and I refuse to fucking believe this. I listen to these podcasts who are supposed to be pro-Michigan podcasts, and they're talking about, oh, well, the floor is 4-4, four and four, and I, I could imagine 7-1, and one, but it's more than likely it's 5-3. and three. Five and three, maybe six and two. Sure, okay, six and two. I guess that's realistic. Sure, because if you don't, if Michigan turtles up and they shove their head up their butts and they get scared and they don't have real leadership, yeah, you're absolutely right. We could lose two, three, or four. Sure, we've seen it. I think the leadership thing has changed. I think we're going to see that this season. And if it, if I'm correct and the leadership has completely changed on this team, that's why I wish we had Amory Thomas back. I love Nico. I, I would take him, obviously, in a heartbeat. But Amory was so vocal at the end of our, our bowl game against Alabama that I would love to see what he could do with this defense, right? But no, I can't wait to see which defensive player steps up. Aiden Hutchinson, that's on you. Hey, Cam McGrone, that's on you. Hey, Dax Hill, that's on you. Hey, Quiddy Pay, that's on you. Be the leader you need to be. Take take the the example that Joe Milton has shown. Did you take a leadership class? Did you buy into what that Navy SEAL was saying? What did you do on the defense to make your team better? If we have those guys, we will crush Minnesota. We will be 7-1 and one or 8-0. And I really do believe if we beat Minnesota and we beat them badly and decisively, this season is going to be a cakewalk for us until we hit Ohio State. And then it's going to be a fucking war. And I don't know. I want it. I want. I will. I will always pick Michigan to win that game because that's what fans do. That's what real Wolverines do, right? But I'll tell you if I think I'm scared or not. But if they kick the shit out of Minnesota, that sets the tone for the season. I want to see what tone they set. This is a perfect game. This is a tone-setting game, and I can't wait to see what our boys do on that day. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what Joe... Joe Milton does. I can't wait to see what Giles Jackson does. I can't wait to see what Chris Hinton does. I can't wait to see what these, I mean, Zach Charbonnet. I can't wait to see what these kids do. I'm so pumped for the season. And because of that, I'm going to do everything I can to push uh, as much maniac stuff as I can. And guys, this is going to be the end of it. But guys, seriously, tell your friends and family about this podcast. I know I curse a lot, so some of the older people may not like it, but the passion's there. The love for this team is there. And you're not getting it from most other podcasts. You're not. You're getting guys who are saying that the floor is four and four for our guys. And then they're they're talking about why people opt in for Ohio State but don't opt in for Michigan, and they act like it's a fucking shock. They don't do the homework. They don't talk about it with passion. They say they do, but some of them don't. 
push this podcast, guys. I know it only benefits me, but it benefits us all. I want to keep doing, I'm always going to do this. Even if I only have two people listening, I'm always going to do this. But why not have this be one of the greatest podcasts ever? Why not have it be the most popular thing ever? And we can all just enjoy it. I can do, then I can start doing live, live podcasts somewhere. But once again, guys, go to YouTube. I'm going to start putting my hot takes on there. I'm going to start doing, um, with Minnesota, the, the first uh, the first podcast where it'll be video as well as audio will be the big game pregame, uh, Minnesota. Um, that, that'll also be on YouTube. Uh, the live stream Minnesota game will be on YouTube. Uh, also check out, so go to the YouTube channel, my YouTube channel, Michigan Maniac Podcast. It's Michigan Maniacs Podcast, so that have type in the whole thing. So if you only put Michigan Maniacs, for some reason it won't show up. Also, go to the fan page. You know, ask for the uh, the silent majority stickers, because that's what you guys are. You are the best silent majority ever. The support I get from you guys is fantastic. Even though I do, it makes my heart just happy to see some of the old school names come back up in my feed or that like posts, current posts, I've been like wondering where you guys have been. It's great to see it. Thank you so much for all the support. YouTube, Twitter, uh, the Michigan uh, Michigan Maniacs fan page on Facebook and on Apple uh, Podcasts. Rate and review everywhere. Like everywhere. Follow everywhere. Do it all up, guys. I, 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 I'm dedicated to getting 500 view, 500 downloads per episode. That is my goal. I was close before COVID. I want to get there after COVID. I want to show that COVID could not keep us down. Also, guys, uh, it is great. It is great to be a Michigan Wolverine. And always and forever, go blue.